Welcome to the Die Hard Minute Podcast, a presentation by Movies by Minutes, where we break down the 1988 John McTiernan movie Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Jeff Ferry from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. And I'm Chris Derkach, also from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. And today we are covering Minute 40 of Die Hard, quite possibly the greatest block pool minute ever. And we have a special guest today for Minute 40, Sean German from 5 Minutes of Mime and the Spinal Tap Minute. Heidi ho fellas. Welcome aboard. Welcome to Nakatomi Plaza. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> All right. This minute begins with McLean de-shoeing and ends with Hans talking about our old friend, Mr. Takagi. I hope everything's all right with him. I hope nothing unfortunate happened to him in a previous minute. All right, I'm going to start off real quick because I want to embarrass Chris. And that's how I like to start off all my minutes. Here we go. <laughs> all right. So at one second into the minute, we start off. Uh, McLean is just kicking off his shoe. We have um, Marco dead in the, ex- in the elevator wearing his god-awful sweatsuit which I've mentioned in every minute of this episode of this week about how terrible this outfit is this guy has on. Um, up on the wall, Chris, do you see the block pool? I'm going to the <laughs> Yeah. All right, so on the wall, there's a block pool. Chris, you should be at least be familiar with a block Do you know what a block pool is to begin with? I do. I do. I know what a block right, pool is. I see should... it. Yeah. For, you know, when there's a Super Bowl, excuse me, when you're doing the big game, <laughs> when you're doing the, the block pool for it. So do you know what the two teams up there are? Well, yeah, it's the Raiders and the Rams. I see it. Okay. So here we go. What cities are the Rams and the Raiders located in? Give me what cities they are located in now and what cities they were located in then. You mean before I Google it or Don't now? you dare Google it. I want to know. No. What cities are they in now and what cities were they in in 1991? Listen, I don't and know it, what cities they're in now or 91, but I'm going to tell you that I believe that it's the Los Angeles Raiders. Close? For which one? Or both? <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. I think it was both. I think there's the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Raiders. Okay. For both time periods? For then and now? Uh, uh, yeah. At, at some point, they were both Los Angeles. That's okay. what I'm going to say. In 1991, <laughs> they were the Los Angeles Rams and yes. the Los Angeles Raiders. Look at that. Yeah. However, <laughs> in their intervening years, the Los Angeles Rams moved to St. Louis and then subsequently moved back to Los Angeles. <laughs> so they okay. moved back to Los Angeles starting this year, I believe. The Raiders moved back to Oakland, where they had been before. They are now the Oakland Raiders again. So okay. you only get half credit for that one. Listen, I got a half credit on a football question. Yeah, guess Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty proud of myself. Listen, I think you guessed Los Angeles. And if you look on the Blackpool, there's something circled. So that must have been the big winner. It didn't sound right that they were both from Los Angeles, but for some reason... Well, it that's shouldn't what I sound right. Listen, it doesn't sound right to it, me anymore because the Rams yeah. have been in St. Louis for 15 years. Okay. Yeah, and, it's not right, but it's yeah. true. It's half right. Yeah. <laughs> or it was true. Well, yeah. I guess the way it should be is if you ask most people, old football heads, they'll tell you the Rams should be the L.A. Rams because they were there before. Right. And the Raiders should be the Oakland Raiders, which is where they are now. You know, well, for now, yeah, for now, so, until you know they end up in Vegas or something, you know, <laughs> wherever the next team gets moved around. Because Los Angeles is a terrible football town. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Great place for movies. Terrible place for professional football. I'll give them college. 
All right, so what we learned in the last minute and going to this minute is either McLean has big feet or this Euro trash <laughs> has small feet. It's, he has small feet because he said all the terrorists in the world, and I got to pick one that has feet like my sister in the last minute. Maybe everyone in McLean's family has giant feet. True. They're all, they're all hobbits. <laughs> and uh, he definitely looks awkward in that chair, doesn't he? He looks dead. Yeah, he does have a weird, like, plasticky mannequin-looking look to him. He, he looks pretty dead. Yeah, you know who doesn't look dead, though? Santa Claus. That's who doesn't look dead. <laughs> there is... I, I don't know that this... I mean, I guess it would still be in it if you remake this movie today, but there's a solid five seconds of him staring at a plastic Santa Claus. Yeah. And then just smirking. And yeah. yeah. why are the lights plugged in for that Santa Claus? Do they just keep them lit all the time? Well, isn't that what you do on an unfinished floor of a high-rise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not worried about the electric bill, so uh, yeah, I stay corrected. You're right. Why yeah. not? Why not leave it? Yeah, the Nakatomi Corporation <laughs> seems to be doing well. <laughs> they can afford it, you know. Japan's doing great at this time, and uh, though I don't, I, I don't want to skip over that smirk too too quickly because yeah. I think it's an important smirk. Uh, you know, we're still relatively early in this film. There's a lot of time left, and uh, we're still learning. <laughs> about John McClane and and just what kind of personality, what kind of cop he is, and I think this is a you know another little look into his personality and and yeah. what kind of a man we're dealing with. He we're dealing with a man who smirks at at Santa Claus. That smirk reminds me of another Christmas movie. He looks a little like the Grinch in that smirk. <laughs> the Grinch who stole Christmas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see it. He, it's also a man who's not at that. Not terribly upset about having just murdered somebody five minutes ago. It's true. Yeah. He's smirking with a dead body behind him. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's still in he's uh he's still in his uh his white vest there. An eye on that. Yeah, at this point, uh, like we said earlier, um, I guess earlier in the week it got its first uh, blood on it, uh, and certainly not its last for uh, McLean. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'll really tear that thing up. So I gotta admit, I guess McLean's a uh, smarter than the average bear for me because. Although I like his plan, I would have never thought about putting in, getting in the elevator, hitting two different floors, stopping the elevator, pulling the doors apart, and then climbing out. Yeah, yeah. The way he does it, it, it like watching it, I, I don't know what he's doing. Right. Like, okay. So there, so the the party is down on uh, the thirtieth floor, and then he hits thirty one, and then he stops it. He like stops the the car between floors and pries the door open, and and. I mean, now I've, I've, I've seen the whole movie. I kind of know where it's going, but the first time watching it, I'm intrigued. I'm like, Oh, he's, he's up to something, but I, I yeah, I, I couldn't figure out what. So, uh, yeah, like I didn't know, I'm, but then again, I'm not, I'm not a streetwise cop from New York City. Yeah. So and like, I, don't know I, I didn't know exactly what it was up to. Like, I, I, I will not ruin what happens for, uh, the guys that have it next week because they certainly earned what they're going to get, but. I mean, yeah. you, you know he's leaving the body in there because you can see it. You're like, oh, he's sending this dead body down to him. Um, I know s- some people had mentioned both seeing the movie and guys that are covering the movie. They're un- they're unsure about what floor stuff's happening on sometimes because, like, they run up to the roof. They run down to the party. The- for this minute, they're on – or the yeah. whole week, they've been on this 32nd floor, which is the unfinished floor. So we also mm-hmm. think the party might be happening on 30 and 31. We think it's a – because that one room is gigantic. Like that's yeah, not a, a one floor scene. room, so that that no, atrium right. might be cover two floors. So, uh, yeah. Easy. So we think that's a two floor thing. It's also you know so difficult with a Hollywood movie to be like, 
how much of this is realistic at all? <laughs> About like, <laughs> like, wait a minute, you got a two-story thing up on the thirty-first floor? It's not even like the top of the building. The building's not finished yet. A lot of there's a lot of things going on here. A lot of things that really helped out McLean with his problems. But yeah, he is a he's a pretty smart guy. He doesn't even just. I'm not going to just send this guy down. I'm going to make sure that I can escape and have plenty of time to be somewhere else <laughs> when this all goes down. Yeah. And uh, because I'm a you know. I'm a little bit of a smart aleck. I'm going to send him a little message, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, uh, the unfinished floor, he had access to, you know, six-foot-long metal poles and screwdrivers and other stuff that he needed. Luckily, the construction crew left all their stuff behind. Well, I mean, I would assume they would. I don't know if they're going to carry <laughs> stuff up and throw down 30 floors. Up. Right. Yeah, like, I'm not... A- the one thing I noticed, a little bit of a, a, a slip-up, I think, it's about... Just about halfway in, about... 29, 30 seconds in, while, while he's poking, speaking of that six-foot-long rod that he's got to open up the, the outer door of the elevator, when he reaches up to poke that, you see the inside of his right arm, and that's where, oh, I guess he hasn't done it yet. I'm sorry. Oh, Has he? Because at some point, he writes the name of the terrorist no, inside his arm. I believe arm. that's later, because he hasn't, uh-huh. he's got the radio from Marco, but he hasn't, they haven't talked on it yet, because that's, oh, that's okay. what he's talking I'm sorry, saying. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. Um, I'm so, oh, I'm ruining the show already. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot ruin Die Hard. There's no way to do that. All right. Yeah. No. Spoil, spoil. Okay. So I guess watch that arm. Something's going to happen yeah, spoiler later. Spoiler alert. McLean's going to make it out of here because they made like seven spoiler. more of these. Um, part of me hopes that the Movies by Minutes crew keeps doing Die Hard movies because I would love to see everything post Die Hard with a Vengeance. Of guys just being oh, like, yeah. I don't, oh, I, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I, he's jumping. He's in a helicopter. He's jumping a car into a helicopter. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He. I, I don't know. Fifteen years ago, he was a regular guy. Now he's a superhero. <laughs> right, right. So while he's in the elevator, we get to see the sign in the elevator says Nakatomi Plaza Executive Suite Express Elevator, high rise only. And I think the buttons only go. They only start at twenty eight, maybe. So if you catch this in the right. lobby, there is no one through twenty seven. So you're going right to the top floors. The executive suites. <laughs> Is where the big boys play. You want to get in them lowly twenty-seven and under. You get on well. It also elevator. is means he couldn't use this particular elevator to escape. Oh, because right. it would only go down to the twenty-eighth floor. He would have to get off and find another elevator. And I yeah. think he's. I mean, he knows the terrorists are on thirty, but he doesn't know where else they are. They could be on every floor, for all he knows. At this point, right. as far as he knows, he's seen the one guy come up there. He saw a little bit. He saw them ransacking the room so he knows there's at least a half dozen of them there could be 50 of them for all he knows yeah right at, at this point he doesn't have a lot of information and uh so we gotta wonder is he gonna you know is he is he running around blind in this building that maybe he has some kind of yeah. plan to uh to to figure things out yeah get a little bit more of an idea of which i think is what makes mclean a little better like when you're going to the 91 now you're coming out of the 80s action thing of I mean, I love him to death, but Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Seagal, those guys didn't have plans. My plan is to show up and have giant biceps and shoot everybody I see. I'm just yeah. going to walk into the room. I will, <laughs> like, if this was an 80s action movie, there wouldn't be all this sneaking around inside the building. It would be going floor by floor, murdering dozens and dozens of people in really interesting ways, like throwing steam pipes through their chest. <laughs> but in this one, it's a not a regular guy. He's a police officer. He's got, he's got a skill set. But he's up against people that also have a skill set. But nobody is superhuman. Like, pe- both sides make mistakes. He makes mistakes. They make mistakes. Uh, they underestimate him. And I think what keeps him alive for most of the movie is at no point, almost no point, does he underestimate them. 
Like, he's always trying to gather information and get more help. Like, I don't think he wants to take everybody out single-handedly. He wants the cops to come in and help him. Yeah. <laughs> he, tried, he tried to get the fire the fire yeah. trucks to come. They're like, he would like nothing better for them to come in and help. And they're not willing or not capable of it. Don't worry, I'm yeah. sure there'll be some tries later. You never know, maybe they'll get in there. But yeah, so he, he, that's a good point. He does have, there's a certain uh, sort of Sherlock Holmes quality to McLean in in his approach that he's not jumping to assumptions or conclusions, but, you know, gathering what information he can and and not making assumptions about the information that's Yeah, because up. as a cop, he at least knows, okay, at some point the police are going to get here, even though my last thing didn't work. Let's assume the cops are going to show up at some point. I'll be a better use for them if I can pass all this information along to them. If you know how many mm-hmm. terrorists, where they are, what they want, who they're holding hostage, in the real world, that's what the outside wants. They want the information. They don't want you going around in there, you know, shooting the place up. And he doesn't really want to do that. But circumstances right. beyond his control may force him to at some point. Like, if he could just get off somewhere and hide... <laughs> and hope that they could come in and rescue everybody, I think he would, assuming that he thought his wife was always going to be safe. Now, I think the minute he thought they were going to kill everybody, he would step in and try to do something. Mm -hmm. So for that covers like the first 50 seconds of our minute. And after that, uh, I mean, unfortunately, it's only 11 seconds of it, but we get to see, you know, one of the, you know, 20 greatest actors of uh, all time, Alan Rickman, just... Being Alan Rick, just having a little hors d'oeuvre and talking to the people. Now we miss his we miss his zinger though. He doesn't quite get to it. Where he uh, he has something to say again. I'll leave that for the guys next week on Monday. They can open up Monday with a little Alan Rickman zinger. But yeah, he's just owning the building. I mean, every time he talks, he's in complete control of everything. Yeah, and Alan's just wonderful. And I'm I'm sure I don't know if you guys haven't mentioned it. it it's certainly been mentioned in previous minutes, but I'll say it one more time for uh, for a gentleman doing his first movie. Um, I mean, he had he had done some television and stage work, but um, just it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to watch Alan work. I mean, this is one of my favorite movie villains of all time. Oh, he's perfect. In, in Hans Gruber. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, he is definitely one of the best movie villains because he has a. He's smart about it. He stays calm he's, most he, of the time. Yeah, he's super entertaining. Yeah. And like he's a good foil for the the hero of our movie. He's not like so he's not over the top. He's like, "Listen, I just want to, you know, I'm here to do this and leave. If I can do that and everybody dies, whatever. Like I don't care." Like as he says, he wanted this to be professional, mm-hmm. efficient, adult and cooperative. And unfortunately, people aren't doing what he wants. Like Mr. Takagi didn't do what he wanted. So. Yeah, he didn't see it that way. Yeah, so things didn't work out well for Mr. Takagi. <laughs> he really just needed to do what he wants. I mean, it really makes me having these couple minutes with him. Um, I don't know what we're going to have later in the movie. I don't know if we're going to. This is, uh, you asked us about it. This is the first um, Rickman we had. We used it with. Our whole week has been Bruce Willis versus Marco. That was the yeah. whole week. Okay. Was them up or there. Is that, uh, the- or Tony. No, yeah, oh, he's Tony. I'm sorry, not Marco. Yeah, you got me saying sorry. Marco now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I got no, it's weird because that's it's Klaus's brother, right? Listen, yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> in the book, in the book, nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. These are it's a mafia family that does this. That's why oh, okay. their names are Tony and Marco. 
because they right. didn't change their names. <laughs> so he's like little Tony, um, you know, Sketchatory or whatever his name is in the thing. And then they're like, we're not changing the name. Just leave him as Tony. <laughs> so like this guy from a vaguely Eastern European place is now Tony. All right. Yeah. You don't know so, a lot yeah, of guys. But so you've been with, yeah, McLean and Tony all week. Oh, yeah. And we've had just m- a little bit of Hans at the end. Yeah, we just get a little, yeah. uh, little, little hors d'oeuvre of Hans here at the end. Uh, it does really make me, we, uh, Chris and I also do the Jay and Silent Bob in it. Just seeing Alan Rickman for 10 seconds makes me really want to get to Dogma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he just lets him, he really gets to spread his wings in that movie, you might say. Uh, I'm sure you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so going back to, to our buddy Hans here, like there's a lot to learn in terms of, of management styles. He doesn't micromanage. He lets his people, you know, do what they need to do. But then, you know, he doesn't step in until he needs to. But when he needs to, then he steps in. Yeah, in this movie, he doesn't step in until I won't bring it up too much. But the, there's one item that goes missing that is such a big deal. He has to personally step in. Like the same thing. He's yeah. not downstairs bugging. Uh, I'm not gonna remember his name now. I want to say is it Eddie, uh, the guy that's trying to break into the, uh, the stuff downstairs. Oh. I can't remember his name. Uh, look at it. Theo. It's Theo. It's Theo. Theo. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to say Theo, but then I'm like, am I just thinking of the guy from the Cosby show? Because <laughs> like, that's weird if that's where my mind went. No. So he, it's not like he's down there bugging Theo. Like, yeah. He checks in with him a couple times. Like, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm this many in. All right. That's it. Like, he's not constantly checking in. They have a guy working the front desk. He doesn't check in with him unless that guy calls him. But yeah, he's not all over everybody. He's not in everybody's face. I think he's just like, listen, I hired a competent crew. I expect them to do what I, you know, am paying them, assuming a lot of money to do. Yeah, but he's he's just yeah. as calm talking about, you know, the latest, um, you know, the latest suit fashion as it would be shooting somebody. I think he's <laughs> yeah, he's the same <laughs> level of like, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. The fact that this is his breakout role, and I can't remember what age he was, but he's. Far older than most people are getting their first movie. I want to say, what do you think he's... Anybody want to take a guess on his age? I want to say he was like 38. It's hard to tell because some guys, if you start losing your hair at a young age, that generally makes people look older. And the hairline is definitely already receding. All right, so what year is Die Hard's so, uh, 88? But so he's 42. 42. Yeah. So late 30s, early 40s yeah. about then. But uh, yeah, to to make his his first his first foray into feature film. Yeah, and then of course, I mean, I won't go deep into it because I know the guys with the deep minutes will really go into it. He does this quickly, follows it up with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, does a bunch of movies, including Dogma. But I would say most people these days probably know him as Severus Snape from Harry Potter film series. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't going there. I, I was thinking Galaxy Quest, but uh, yeah, Harry Potter's more a little more recent yes. for the kids. Shout out I to mean, Harry Potter. To me, I gotta admit it's fifty fifty. I would love to say to me he's Hans Gruber, but he's not. To me, if the first thing that comes to my mind might be the Sheriff of Nottingham, just because I think I've seen Robin Hood more than that. Because Robin Hood yeah. got a, just an unbelievably heavy play on HBO and cable when I was that age, and he's as much as he's cool, calm, and collected in this. It's like he realized, oh, wait, I'm a film actor now. I can chew the scenery in this movie. <laughs> and, oh, I'm acting against Kevin Costner. I think I'm going to blow him off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least Bruce Willis has enough, you know, charisma to stay in the movie with him. 
you know, some other people, eh, maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, not so much. Like, Morgan Freeman, yes, can stay on the film. Other people, it's like, who was in this movie again? Wait, some guy not doing a British accent? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> some guy doing a British accent like I do? We're like, I just speak a little more proper. Yeah. I don't actually change my inflection at all. That's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, British, British or anything, but, you know, it was pretty good. You know, but I sound like a British person doing an American accent where they get, like, very formal. How is everyone yeah. doing today? <laughs> I still have problems with my vowels. I would say overall for this minute, we don't really learn much. The only thing we get is a, we get the close on the previous minute, which was our whole week, which is, hey, look, there's Tony, and he's dead, and he's in the elevator, which is a setup for uh, the next week of... What's McLean doing with this elevator? Which is great that it cuts to mm-hmm. Hans here because he immediately takes your attention away and you forget what was just happening. You're like, oh, damn, Alan Rookman's right. a good actor. And he's talking, he's talking, and then next week you're going to forget that something else was going on. And you'll have a nice little surprise. That'll be great for those guys. Yeah, it's something that I've. I, I, I've you know I watched the movie in preparation for the the podcast and I've I've seen this movie you know something like every maybe every five years or so I mean it's not up it's not a yearly watch but I do I've seen it many times and I'm always surprised by that because like you said you know Alan doing Hans just grabs your attention I forget everything else that's going on and then all of a sudden oh yeah there's another guy there's a madman running around this. Uh, you know, running around this building and he's gotta, doing stuff. Too. It should rec- it, so they got to recut uh, the trailer nice and make uh, Hans the good guy and make McLean the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 uh, Christmas, check out a maniac running through a high rise. Poor Hans Gruber <laughs> just trying to make a account withdrawal. Yeah, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when Sean said, "I only watch this about every five years." You don't yeah. watch it every Christmas. Like it's not a Christmas. Uh, <laughs> you know, get the whole family around the fire. You know, put on Die Hard. <laughs> you know, followed up with Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, yeah, there's just too many great, great Christmas movies. I should do that. I should add it to the rotation. All right. Um, I don't really have anything else in my notes, I don't believe. Uh, only one thing I wanted to point out was, is that a turkey on the table right where this minute ends? Is that a full turkey there? All right. I got to see if there's a full turkey on the table. Like, you don't cook a turkey All right, for a I party, see. Dude. All right. I see Han sitting there. It must, be in the, it must be in the wide shot. I didn't see it. Well, it's catered. Yeah, it does look like a full turkey, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a turkey there. Yeah. That was the only thing that Who cooks a turkey? struck my interest for that end part. <laughs> not sliced. Well, and it's not even carved. I mean, the party, yeah, it's not sliced. I mean, the party was kind of in full swing when right. when John arrives. Yeah, it's just a turkey. Yeah. Is that a, <laughs> at this point, turkey? like, these guys are pointing guns at you and all. You'd be like, oh, excuse me, yeah. Mr. Gruber, um, not for nothing, but is there any way we can cut into that turkey over there? Because I am starving. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, if nothing else, the tryptophan, man, it'll make us all tired. It will be a lot easier to watch. <laughs> like, yes, please give everyone some turkey so they'll be more quiet. <laughs> that was that good. Was a, <laughs> that was a good impression yes. of an Englishman doing a German act. Or not even, like, I know they end up later on, like, retconning it into German, but, like, all of these guys are just doing vaguely Europeanish accents, <laughs> kind of just. Yeah, I think like maybe half. I think like half of the actors doing the terrorists, thieves, whatever. Like half of them are German, 
And then, but the most of them are not, or half of them are. <laughs> yeah, just, just kinda, like, yeah, ah, whatever. Just, 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 kind of a you know, just roll well, your, uh, you know, roll your letters around a little bit. Make yourself sound German. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, you don't have anything else. You don't have anything else, Chris, after that? No, nothing else. All right, Sean, you got anything? Nope, that's all I got. All right, so I think that is it for this minute. Let's go down here. All right, so make sure, before I go into my 35-minute spiel, Sean, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, Well, you can find me. I recently finished up doing Spinal Tap Minute, where we watch the movie This Is Spinal Tap, one minute at a time. And you can find that at SpinalTapMinute.com. And I also do a little thing called The Five Minutes of Mime. And you can find that at 5minutesofmime.com. And that's F-I-V-E, spell out the uh, the word five. All right. And you can find Chris and I over at Jay and Silent Bob Minute on Dueling Genre. Um, you could also find our old Minute by Minute podcast where we did the Burbs Minute by Minute. Just uh, check out the Burbs Minute. Um, make sure you check out Die Hard Minute on Twitter, at Die Hard Minute. Uh, on Facebook, Die Hard with a Podcast Listeners Limo, where you can go in there and talk about whatever crazy stuff's happening this week on Die Hard. I'm sure there's some very interesting topics up there by now. Also, check out the big mm-hmm. site, DieHardMinute.com. And of course, as always, check out MoviesByMinutes.com. Um, that is all our plugs for right now, but we want to give one special shout out to Jim O'Kane, uh, the poor guy who is trying to pull this all together and is doing all the heavy lifting. It is a job that I would not want and do not envy. But uh, I'm glad that he did it. It's a very interesting concept. So uh, that is it for us. Yippee-ki-yay, Melon Farmers. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.